This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It's time now to shift our attention to China. A couple of issues we're looking at China's anticipation of U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. Uh, that could signal it could miss an economic growth target as well to another Chinese company being added to the U.S.'s list of companies that face potential delisting from their stock exchanges. So let's dive into these headlines with Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Good morning, Dr. O. A very good morning to all of you. So uh, let's start off, Doc, by talking about U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She's in Singapore right now and looks very likely that uh, she's going to visit Taiwan. A couple of naval exercises going to be conducted throughout the region just hours before she was expected to arrive in East Asia. Uh, she's visiting Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, Japan. From the looks at it, what is the likelihood of her actually going to Taiwan? Do you think that all these scare tactics from China, these warnings, do you think it'll deter her from going to Taiwan? Well, knowing Nancy Pelosi, I think she'll most likely be going to Taiwan. After all, this is a member of the U.S. Congress who, I think two years after the Tiananmen incident in 1991, sort of unfurled banner in Tiananmen yeah. supporting the democracy movement and so on. So she is uh, usually not to be deterred by such uh, threats. The only thing is what will be the fallout of such a visit from the China side uh, against both uh, Taiwan and the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, uh, we are getting several media reports saying that the U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi will visit Taiwan uh, later today, citing unidentified sources. But to be fair, we'll believe it when we see it. Okay, Dr. Oh, interestingly, this is not the first time a visit such as this has happened before. Back in 1997, Beijing grumbled, but, you know, decided to swallow the irritation when then-Speaker Newt Greenridge of the U.S. House of representatives visited Taiwan. Why did China not react as much back then compared with now? Is it simply because, well, to put it bluntly, they're richer and stronger now? Well, it's a different time and a different China back then. Uh, those were still during the days uh, when China would sort of beat its time to try to develop itself and so on. And now, as you mentioned, China is much stronger, both economically and militarily. But I think there's also an overarching concern here because I think in less than, let's say, three months' time, President Xi Jinping would most likely usher in uh, his third term and uh, he would not like to have uh, any such incident disturb that kind of sort of continuation of terms for him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the Politburo, who last week uh, moved forward to say that the country aims to keep growth within a reasonable range, with no mention of the official growth target of 5.5% it had set earlier. Dr. O, is China sending a signal that it could miss its economic growth target? And, you know, this whole 5.5% maybe perhaps is no longer a must for China. What kind of factors are we looking at? Off the top of my head, I'm thinking because of all this zero COVID policy that they have. Well, of course, uh, the shutdown accompanying this zero COVID policy, of course, came a lot of these uh, factory activities and commercial activities in general because people simply could not get out of their 
homes to go to work and yeah. so on, and therefore economy understandably dampened uh, over the past say half a year or so. So, to, uh, and this is not the first time that uh, China would not mention a growth target. I think uh, during the first year of the COVID pandemic, China also did not specifically mention a growth target. I think yeah. it's likely to repeat itself because it is slowing down the Chinese economy. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. I'm on the line this morning with Dr. Oh Asan, who is senior fellow Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. Oh, earlier you alluded to this uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping expecting to continue on a third term as leader of the Communist Party in China. Let's talk about you know some of the major challenges that he would face should he take on this third term. And the confidence in terms of him being up to task to face those challenges. What are your thoughts on this, Dr. O? Well, I will start with the easy part. I think <laughs> confidence is certainly not a concern for Mr. C. Okay. Because uh, I think since he took power, he has been exuding confidence <laughs> both domestically and on the international stage. The main challenge would, of course, be uh, to revive China's economic growth. Because China is a growth engine, it's a world factory, both for itself as well as for the rest of the world. And uh, number two is, of course, then to face off with the United States, uh, because this sort of uh, decoupling, both economically and militarily, or strategically rather, between uh, the United States and China, is fast becoming yet another flashpoint in this fast-growing geopolitical uh, scramble. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a catalyst there. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Dr. O, because we did get reports earlier in the week, the U.S. Uh, Securities and Exchange Commission adding Alibaba holding to a growing list of Chinese companies that face potential delisting from U.S. stock exchanges. Uh, this came days after the e-commerce giant announced plans to seek a primary listing on Hong Kong's bourse with the aim to diversify its investor base. Is this an example of, you know, these geopolitical issues and how we've come to this situation? What can we expect moving forward? Well, nowadays, I no longer uh, envy uh, Alibaba because it is situated between, as we say, a, a rock and a hard place. On the one hand, domestically within China, Alibaba also faced a series of official allegations and investigations such that uh, its uh, market value and so on tumble over the past years. Yeah. On the other hand, as you mentioned, the US uh, SEC, the Security and Exchange Commissions, they are not happy with companies such as Alibaba, but not only Alibaba, uh, with their audit results. You know, mm. every year you need mm. to do financial audits and so on. Yeah. But these audit results could not be uh, accessed by uh, U.S. Uh, regulatory authorities such as SEC because China said uh, there are national security concerns and so on. So SEC would then say, well, in that case, why don't you uh, list back in China and not here in the United States? So number one, these sort of high-tech companies from China would increasingly face this squeeze by both sides, by their mother country, China, as well as the U.S., and number two, I hope this would still be um, not too forbidding mm. for the high-tech development around the world. Yeah, mm. oh, That's a good point there. Been speaking with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, as always, I appreciate your time. Take care. Have a great day ahead. Thank you. 
The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.